advance, I'm asking you in advance that you bear with me, that you bear with me because tonight is all about the foundation of servanthood. Tonight is about the foundation, but I promise you, if you stay with me, by the time we get to the end of, how many weeks I have? Seven? Six? I got six after this, or I got a total of six. Okay, we, we went back and forth on this thing, so I'm trying to make sure I stay on my schedule. I promise you, at the end of six weeks, if you stay with this, your life will be transformed. I promise. I guarantee it. How about that? I guarantee it that what you will take from the word, and if you apply, apply this in your life, I guarantee your life will be transformed. And so this is something that I believe is so critical to the life of every child of God that we need to have this lifestyle that we're going to be talking about tonight. Well, do, do you have your Bibles or devices you're using for a Bible? If you don't mind turning to, this will be our foundational text. This will be our foundational text for this class. I have always asked every class to commit this scripture to memory. Commit this to your heart. Make this a part of your life. It's Colossians, the third chapter, verse 22 through 24. Colossians chapter number three, verse 22 through 24. Colossians chapter number three, verse 22 through 24. Once you have it, give me a hearty amen. If you don't have it, say wait for me. Yeah, okay, you all right? Now they got me on a tight time schedule, so y'all have to be uh, supernaturally empowered to take notes. So y'all got to get these notes down. Oh, and they're recording it so you can get the CDs, praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Are you in Colossians chapter number three? All right, let's hold our Bibles or devices up. We'll use it for our Bibles and let's make our confession of faith. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I have what it says I have. Tonight I receive the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'll never be the same as I receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, I'll never be the same. Amen, amen, amen. Now, this particular lesson or this particular class that we're going to embark upon, this is a, a significant class for every person that's a part of the IFWC family. It's very important for their, for their uh, spiritual employment because in order for them to spiritually be employed the way we need them to be employed, they need to understand servanthood. Can you say Amen. And it's hard for people who don't understand why you do what you do the way you do it. It's hard for them to understand that there's a flow. Everybody say a flow. There's a flow to doing the things of God. And there are times where you don't always have time to explain A, B, C, and D. You just need somebody to D.O. Did you all hear me? You don't always have time to give everybody the A, B, C, and D of what's needed, sometimes you just need somebody to do. Just do. 
But if you don't have servanthood in your heart, you might be doing something and what you doing could be disturbing my peace. Are you hearing me? So this is why servanthood is important. And, the, and you're going to hear, Pastor, and, and I want you to, I'm, I'll share and be, make sure I'm as transparent and as clear as possible with everything that I'm communicating. Do y'all need a little more light back there? Y'all need a little more light? Yeah, can we, can we bring the house up for them? I'm looking at y'all trying to look down in your Bibles and maybe prepare to take notes. And I'm like, that's a, that's a little dark over there. Okay, center bay, just bring the center bay up and we'll be good. There we go. That, that better? Glory to God. Light be, praise God. Colossians chapter number three, looking at verse number 22. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, can you say whatever you do? Come on, say whatever you do. Say it one more time. Whatever you do. Do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord, knowing that the reason of the Lord Jesus Christ. So all of us are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. We serve at his pleasure. Did you hear what I said? We serve at his pleasure. I don't serve at my pleasure. I serve at his pleasure. You don't serve at your pleasure. You serve at his pleasure. So everything that you do, notice the Bible did not qualify this and say everything that you do in church. The Bible says everything that you do, everything. What does everything mean? Everything, all, nothing left out. In everything that you do, do it heartily unto the Lord. Now, listen. When we go to work, we go to work and we serve at the pleasure of the Lord, as of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to the company that we work for. And I do my job unto the Lord. My company gets the benefit of my service to the Lord, so I give my company the very best I got. Because I serve at his pleasure. And I will not misrepresent who he is by my service not representing that. In everything that I do. So that even means when you're at home and you look around and the house does not represent what it should represent, then you do everything unto the Lord. You start cleaning and wiping. Unto the Lord. I don't even like cleaning house. But you do this unto the Lord, so your attitude need to be right. Ah, just start singing songs. Put music on, praise God. When your, when your car hadn't had a touch of being clean, 
everything that you do, do it wholeheartedly unto the Lord. Are you all with me? So there should never be a question who you serve at the pleasure. I think it's, I, you know, I love when the people, when people, when I'm watching uh, the news or, or watching people being interviewed and they say, I serve at the pleasure of the President of the United States. Well, that sounds so wonderful. So you can't get me on my words because I serve at the pleasure of the President of the United States. Well, you and I serve at the pleasure of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is Lord of all and over all. So this is very important for our foundation and for our journey. This class is designed to inform you of the necessity of being a servant in the kingdom and the importance of ministering a servant's heart. Everybody say a servant's heart. You have to have a servant's heart. This is what it takes in order to, for us to do what God asks of us. I believe my objectives to finish these six weeks will be one to, for us to gain a clear understanding of what it means to be a servant. Learning to be to master and possess the skills necessary necessary to effectively serve your leader. Praise God. Now, when you hear pastors say serve your leader, I am not the only leader in the church. Can I get amen? I am not the only leader in the church. There are other leaders who serves, watch this, at the pleasure of the Lord Jesus Christ under the leadership of pastor. So then others have to possess skills and ability to serve those leaders in a way that they are needed. Y'all don't stop getting quiet already, y'all. Come on. I told you this foundation. I believe when we finish that you'll be able to discover how to apply these practical applications to, of the topics we'll cover in areas of ministry and in your daily activities. And I believe you'll acquire knowledge to take your level of serving to new heights. Amen. You have been on the level you've been on long enough. So now it's time to take it to another level. The Bible tells us in all our getting gets understanding. So when I get and gain understanding, then I should be able to do better. I should be able to do better once I get and gain understanding. So we see here, we see here in Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, we see something in the Bible that I want you to uh, just be aware of. It starts off bond servants. Bond servants. Not just servants, bond servants. Employees. Watch this. Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Man. This is important because sometimes 
in some places, in some churches, thank God not IFWC, but other churches down the street around the corner might deal with this. Sometimes the people in the church will want to serve and obey the pastor in all things. But if someone is holding a leadership position on behalf of pastor, the individuals will not give that leader the same service he'll give the pa- they will give the pastor. And that's an issue. That's an issue. The Bible says, obey in all things your masters, your leaders, according to the flesh. Your unsaved boss should have obedience from you. That heathen, yep, that unsaved heathen that cusses all the time should get obedience from you. If the truth be told, you should be the best employee they have. They should never have to look around and f- to see if you back from lunch. Because you don't take extended lunches because you stay within the time frame that's given. That's a good place to say amen. Listen, you can always say amen if it means that you're going to uh, get to that level. Praise God. You can always say amen. You might not be there right now, but that's the level you want to get to. So just say amen. <laughs> so notice this now. So if I am to obey my leaders or my masters according to the flesh in all things, therefore, my servanthood cannot just be to those that I like. My servanthood is not dependent upon if I like the leader or not. My servanthood is based on whose pleasure I serve at. Are you hearing me? Thank you. I appreciate you, baby. Help passed out tonight. I keep telling y'all that's why I love the children. Y'all let me have my way. I'm going to be down there in children's ministry. Bring up a whole nother church. (laughs) So, you don't have to like your leader in order to be able to properly serve them. Are you with me? You don't just serve the people that you think are more spiritual than others. See, when we begin to pick and choose who we going to serve, and who we going to give the best service to, you are becoming a respecter of person. And God says he's not a respecter of person. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, goodness. I'm going to just put it out there. Um, it is dangerous for individuals to show up at, shir- at church And serve at one level, but then go home and let their service go low. 
can't talk to the solid stones in a bit because Mr. Brown, it wouldn't be right for Pastor Brenda to be here at the house of God and serve the man and woman of God with her whole heart, giving her all to assist them and help them, and then come home to you. And you ask for something, and she said, oh, oh babe, why you got to have that? Something's wrong. Because what does the minister do when he sees his wife giving her all to her man and woman of God, but then come home and he can't get the same service? I got two right here, singles. Single folk. It wouldn't be right as singles for you to come to the house of God, give your all to serve and assist the man and woman of God, but then to go home to your children and serve them completely differently. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Because if the children see a different level of service to others, then they start to question the level of importance. If the husband sees a different level of service in this house than the house he lives in, then he starts to question. Are y'all hearing me? This is why servanthood shouldn't start in the church. Servanthood should start at home, and from home it makes its way to the church. But if individuals don't know it, then they have to get taught it in the church and make sure it makes it home. So that when they wake up, they can take it to work. Are y'all with me? This is critical. This is critical, critical stuff for us. You must serve those who lead you, whether you're pastors or individuals you, your pastors appoint to lead. Whether I appointed someone to lead or it's people that are in leadership, you should serve them the same way you would serve us. They shouldn't have to wonder if you're going to show up. I shouldn't have to wonder if you're going to show up. I keep telling y'all those are good places to say Amen. Shouldn't have to wonder. If you have given your word that you're going to do a thing or be somewhere, then you. But let me give you some ways not to serve your leaders. Would you believe would you believe the Bible even tells us how not to serve our leaders in that same text, in that same scripture? Watch this. The Bible says, do not serve your leaders with eye service. What does that mean? Serving your leaders with eye service. Well, I'm going to do what's right because they're watching me. 
that's not integrity. We do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, whether someone's watching us or not. So never ser serve your leader with eye service. Well, they're not here, so since they're not here, so I'm going to go ahead and do what I, let me go ahead and leave. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and leave and I'm going to come back. You're only doing that because they don't see you, but if they see you, would you still leave? So do not serve your leader with eye service. Watch this. It goes on to say, as men pleasers. If you're only serving so that you can please men, you are serving the wrong way. Are you hearing me? I'm only doing it so that others will notice me. I'm only serving so that others will know me. See me. Look at me. See me. That was me that did that. If you got to announce to everybody what it is that you do, your heart is really not in your serving. Why do we have to always give you credit for what you did? When the, Bible, when the Bible clearly tells us where our reward will come from. When I have to give you your reward, then you start to forfeit the reward he has. I don't know about you. I want my reward from him. Goes on to say, but in sincerity of heart. <laughs> Honesty of kind or intention. Freedom from hypocrisy. Be genuine. Be genuine in how you serve others. Be genuine about it. <laughs> be, have freedom from duplicity. Don't be deceptive in your behavior or your speech. And then finally, it ends up saying, Fearing God. When we serve God, you want to serve God with a deep respect that you do not want to disappoint him. When you have a wholesome fear of God, I'm not talking about a fear where you're afraid that God's going to get you. I'm talking about you have such a reverence and a respect for him that you don't want to disappoint him. And what you do. Anybody ever done something that you knew you shouldn't have done, but you felt the conviction of the Lord after doing it? Anybody ever experienced that? That thing right there, you should always get concerned if you don't ever feel conviction about doing something that you know you had no business doing. And you don't get no conviction about it. You might want to go to headquarters and check in right away. You get concerned when stuff don't bother you anymore. You might be done switch teams and think you're on the other team. <laughs> but when you do something you know you're not supposed to do and you get that conviction, that's what it is like when you're displeasing God. God, I just let me down. I broke your heart.
So the Bible gives us some clear, clear distinctions on how we're not to serve our leaders. Go, if you would, to Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20. We're going to look at a text here. This is just foundation. I, ooh, next, don't miss next week. Don't miss next week. <laughs> next week's going to get deeper and deeper. If you feel like somebody's stepping on your toes, you just sit there and ball them up. It's going to be all good. It's going to be all right. Yeah. They may get that corn on that left foot. But we'll believe God for healing. You in Matthew 20? Verse 25, but Jesus called them to himself, called them his disciples. Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. Can you just tell your neighbor it shall not be so among you? Mm hmm. It shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Notice in order to be great in the kingdom. Now, you might want to be great in the earth, but if you want to be great in the kingdom, if you want your name to be recognized with some spiritual authority and spiritual power in heaven, you got to be a servant. You got to be a servant. You have to have a heart to serve. To serve is to perform duties or services for another person. To serve is to perform duties or services for another person. Mm -hmm. A servant is one that performs the duties. A servant is one that performs the duties. A servant is one that performs the duties. And the Greek word for servant the Greek word for servant, we're going to get a little Greek tonight, praise God. The Greek word for servant, are you ready, is diakonos. D-I-A-K-O-N-O-S, diakonos. Greek word for servant is diakonos. Mm -hmm. And a diakonos is a servant or a minister. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, what's up, minister? Mm -hmm. What's up, minister? Notice this. Notice this. A minister, a deacon, an elder is nothing but a servant. Is nothing but a servant. And unfortunately, people in the congregation thinks 
that just because an individual has been given a title, it makes them elevated. When the truth is, what you thought was elevation was really putting them at the lowest level. Because a servant always comes lower in order to serve. If you don't believe it, just think about the life of Jesus. Jesus wasn't born into no palace. Jesus wasn't born and had a, had a bed. But because he knew how to serve and come under and come low, watch this, God could then elevate him. See, those who are only looking for elevation want a title. And it's dangerous to give a person who wants elevation a title because all that is is ego. And when you give a person a title that's full of their own ego, they have no heart to serve. They want to be served. Are you all with me tonight? So the word servanthood, servanthood, if, if you want to define this, I'm going to define it for you. Servanthood is loving acts performed in the power of the Holy Spirit to meet the temporal and spiritual needs of those around us and leaving the results to God. Let me give that to you again. Let me give that to you again. You're in class. You're all in class. This is class tonight. This is Bible class. You're in Bible class. So I'll repeat a couple of times in Bible class. <laughs> Servanthood. Loving acts performed in the power of the Holy Spirit to meet the temporal and spiritual needs of those around us and leaving the results to God. Again, loving acts performed in the power of the Holy Spirit to meet the temporal and spiritual needs of those around us and leaving the results to God. So whenever God needs you to pray for someone, you perform that loving act on behalf of that individual, you pray for them, and you leave the results to God. I choose to believe I receive when I pray, so the results are not on me, the results are on him. Everybody say servanthood. Say servanthood. Mm-hmm. So this is what servanthood is all about. Servanthood is something very important. Now, there's a difference. There's a difference when you look at servanthood in the Old Testament and servanthood in the New Testament. There's a difference there. In order for us, in order for you and I to have excellent servanthood, we have to have priorities set right in our life. In order for you and I 
to have excellence in servanthood, we have to have our priorities set properly in our lives. Are you hearing me? Our highest priority, our highest priority is our relationship with God. That is your highest priority in your life as a believer, your relationship with God. Husband and wives, that is not your relationship with each other when you come together to pray. You still have to have an individual relationship with God. It's critical. It's critical. I can remember in my life, I can remember where uh, I used to have this time where I would get up early in the morning and pray. And then Pastor Candy and I used to get up early in the morning and pray together. And so since we were getting up early in the morning praying together, I had stopped doing my own individual praying time. I was praying with her. And so that was not. And I'll never forget when the Holy Spirit just said, you're cheating me. I said, I'm cheating you? What do you mean I'm cheating you? Well, you're spending time with me with Candy, but where is your time with me? Because whatever I need to get to you for Candy, I can't get it to you while you're with Candy. And he told me I was cheating her. So it's important. It's important. Listen, as much as the Lord loves Candy, as much as the Lord loves me, when I have to stand before him, she ain't going to be there. It will be me. When she has to stand before him, I'm not going to be there. It will be her. So it is vitally important that you set your priority with him. That's the highest priority you have as the child of God. Please hear me, because this is the stuff that people in church get so out of order. And they don't have these priorities in line, and they get out of order, which gets their home out of order, which then gets their life out of order, when then gets them out of order with God. Are you hearing me? So your relationship with God is your highest priority. That means your personal prayer life, your daily reading of the word, and your consistent church attendance. All of that is a part of your relationship with God. Oh, Lord, really? Tonight? I do not believe that the Internet was intended to replace people going to church. Hear me, I'm all for us being able to broadcast messages all over the world on the internet, all over the world on Facebook, YouTube, all those things. I'm all for all that. But that was never to replace you personally attending services. And you would be amazed the number of people who have replaced church attendance with church online. So it's important for us to have these, our prayer life in line, our daily reading of the word, consistent church attendance, because this is all important to your spiritual growth and your development. The, the Bible communicates that we were created to worship him. 
We were created to worship him. The second priority, second priority, if you are married, if you are married, your second priority is your relationship with your spouse. I should have got better amen than that, preacher. The second priority, if you are married, is your relationship with your spouse. Strong marriages make strong families. Strong families make strong communities. And when you have a strong community, you can have a strong church. Are you hearing me? But when he or she is always at the church, when he or she is always at the church, and then they go home, and the spouse has been waiting for them, and now they're too tired. That's going to create some issues down the road. When you are married, you take care of yourself, and after you have, and after you take care of yourself after you have taken care of your spouse. Make sure you take care of your spouse, then take care of you. This is why your highest priority is necessary, because you can't give out to your spouse what you haven't got put in you. If you are single, you are the second priority. Take care of you first. Mm, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. If you are single, take care of you first, not the children. When you take care of the children first, instead of taking care of you, and then you are worn out, you will begin to resent the children. So you take care of you first, then you take care of your children. If you're married, you take care of each other, then, everybody say then. Then you take care of the children. Thank you, Larry, praise God. Because this stuff gets out of order in homes. It gets out of order. Parents will give themselves to their children, bend over backwards, do everything they can. They'll flip through all kind of hoops. But then they won't do the same thing for their spouse. Kids will call, kids will call my mom, mom, I, I, I want X, Y, and Z to eat. Husband called, babe, I want X, Y, and Z to eat. Mm. <laughs> you might just stop and pick up something. <laughs> 
kids is home waiting on them. Out of order. Any, anybody ever uh, went to use a vending machine and it says out of order? When you see out of order on it, do you still put your money in it? Why don't you put your money in it? Oh, because you're not going to get anything out of it? You're going to lose your money? Do you realize that when you start doing stuff out of order, all God does is read the sign that's on you that says out of order and says, I can't use it? Why am I going to stick something in there and I can't get nothing out of it? Thirdly, the third next priority you have is your relationship with your children. Your relationship with your children. Parents, it is important for your children to learn proper boundaries from what you teach them. You set boundaries with your children. If mom and dad are talking, they don't just get to come and interrupt because they have need of something. And just because they say, excuse me, doesn't give permission to interrupt. Excuse me simply means now you need to wait until I address you. Single parents, when you are doing something and your children are needing your attention, Teach them boundaries just because if it's not an emergency, they can wait. Because we don't realize that we are training them for somebody else. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody else's child going to get the benefit of your training. And that person's parents are going to be like, hmm. Next responsibility you have, watch this, listen closely now. Everybody say priorities. The next priority you have or your responsibility is your spiritual employment. Your spiritual employment, that simply means that every individual who considers themselves a servant should be serving in the house of God. Pastor Candy says she's taking applications. Well, I haven't found my place to, to serve yet. All you need to do is schedule an appointment with pastor. I'm anointed. If you have not been able to find it in, a, in some time, I promise you I got an anointing to get a word for you of where you can serve. Priority number one is what? Second priority. 
your next priority. Mm -hmm. Then your next priority. With the gifts and talents that God has given you, he expects you to share that with his church. I think, and I want to be careful in how I use this, but I think it is robbery when we go and use our gifts and talents for the world, but we won't use them for God. I feel that's robbery in the house of God because the Bible lets us know that every joint supplies. So there is something that you supposed to be supplying that makes us better. And if you just sitting on it and not giving God the opportunity to use it, think that's like robbery. Then number five, your fifth responsibility is your employment or your work. That's your final priority. <laughs> It's amazing to me. I mean, amazing to me how many people will get up and plow that driveway, clean that car off, and go to work, but they won't come to church. What did he say? I said, it's amazing to me how many people will get up, clean their driveway, clean their cough, and go to work. But then if it rains on Sunday, mm. ain't no snow, just rain. They can't make it. It could be a blizzard. They going to get that check. Come on, y'all know I'm telling, y'all, come on, y'all can say amen. Come on, come on. I ain't say I was talking about you individually. I'm just, we just talking in class, praise God. When your natural employment is the lowest priority you have. And some people make it their highest priority over God. we're going to say about that. I got to get off that subject. Too close to home, praise God. Too close to home. So I'm not here trying to beat, a, beat that dead horse over. 
but I want us to look at some differences between armor bearing or or servanthood in the Old Testament and armor bearing or servanthood in the New Testament. The word armor bearer, armor bearer, is a word that is used in the Old Covenant. And this word is made up of two Hebrew words. Push it out. Oh, I thought it was recording me and it was giving me back what I said. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was going to look up Alma Bear in the Hebrew, praise God. So, so there, there, the word Alma Bear is made up of two Hebrew words. The first one is Nasa, Nasa, N-A-S-A, Nasa, or Nasa, N-A-C-A-H. Nasa, N-A-S-A, or Nasa, N-A-C-A-H. And that word means to lift. Everybody say to lift. Mm -hmm. Now, when you apply this word in scripture, listen closely, it means to accept, to advance, to bear, to bear up, to carry away, to cast, to desire, to furnish, to further, to give, to help, to hold up, to pardon, to raise, to regard, to respect, to stir up, and yield. Nasa means to lift, and it also, when you apply it, is to accept to advance, to bear, to bear up, to carry away, to cast, to desire, to furnish, to further, to give, to help, to hold up, to pardon, to raise, to regard, to respect, to stir up and yield. The second Hebrew word that makes up the word Amabera, the second Hebrew, Hebrew word is Keli. Keli. K-E-L-I-Y. Keli. K-E-L-I-Y, Kelly, from the Hebrew word Kela, K-L-A-H, which means to end. Hmm. Kelly, K-E-L-I-Y, from Kela, means to end. And when you apply that word in scripture, it means to complete to consume, to destroy, to destroy utterly, to be done, to finish, to fulfill, bring to pass, and wholly reap. W-H-O-L-L-Y. To end, to complete, to consume, destroy utterly, to be done, to finish, to fulfill, and bring to pass, to holy reap. Now, when you put those two words together for armor bearer, I'm not going to go through, but I want you to look at how you can put that together. Notice, notice that as an armor bearer, I am to advance the call until I complete it. 
as an armor bearer, I am to bear up under whatever it is until it is fulfilled. Hmm. As an armor bearer, I am to carry away what wants to utterly destroy. One of the classic stories we have on servanthood is the story of Saul, king of Israel, and David, his servant. Um, let's go to 1 Samuel 16. And just... We're going to be in 1 Samuel 15. You, you'll have to go back and look at all the story of uh, King Saul and, and David. 1 Samuel 16 and all the way through to about chapter 31. In 1 Samuel 15 and verse number 10, the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it is grieved Sam, grieve Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet. And I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, speak on. So Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, but the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than to the fat of rams. 
For rebellion is as of the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have sinned. For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Notice that the king allowed his heart to get turned from God, his fear and reverence for God, that he began to fear the people more. And because he feared the people more, he then allowed the people to do something contrary to what God had ordered him. And as a result, he lost his kingship. Just because he disobeyed. Hmm. We don't understand that there is a price to obedience. It's critical for us to obey. So the story talks about how God had rejected Saul because he was disobedient, because he chose to please people more than pleasing God. You and I have a responsibility to make sure in everything that we do, we are pleasing God. If you are pleasing God in what you do, people will be pleased. If you and I choose to please God, people will be the benefactor of our relationship with God. So as a result, the Lord then led the prophet Samuel out to see Jesse's sons because God had appointed a kid to be the king. And after going through almost all the sons, God shared something with Samuel. And I want to share this with you. God shared with Samuel, he said, Samuel. Man looks at the outward appearance. Man look at what it looks like on the outside. But not so with me. I look at the heart. Ah. There are times when it may look like the people who look the part may be the best servants in the outward appearance. But some of those that look the part may be some of the very ones that God has rejected. Because their heart is in it for themselves and not for him. So God chooses to look beyond the exterior and look at the heart of people. Mm. We have to be careful, guys. We have to be careful not to judge the book. By its cover. As a, as a pastor, as a pastor, I've, I've been able to watch how some other pastors have functioned. And I've always been guarded, careful, when I would see pastors who would get so enthused by the gifts and talents of someone that just showed up to them. Because 
by external and outward appearance, they bring a lot to the table. And I would always get cautious. If the pastor is overly excited about the individual, I become a little more reserved. Because I'm responsible to cover him. So I would now be a little, a little more reserved so that I can examine the heart of the individual. God sent you, praise God. But do you have ability to sit? And if they get bothered because they're being asked to sit, it starts to reveal a little something to me. Listen, listen to me. When you ask a person who has great gifts and talents, can you clean the bathroom? And they feel like that's beneath them. It communicates something about their heart. If you too big to sweep the parking lot. Then you probably too big to lay hand on the sick. It's all in how your heart is to serve. How your heart is to serve. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how much you give. None of that matters. It doesn't matter how gifted and how talented you are. And as a pastor, one of the things that we have to deal with and go through is when you have to... Uh, Set a gift aside because God may want to make adjustments in the gift, but you have need of it. But God, don't you know I need that? Yep. But if I give it to you the way it is, it might kill me. You may want to allow me to work on it a little bit. So that it will be for your benefit. So as leaders, you have to be comfortable and be able to even examine a gift and not use a gift right away, even though you need it. You can't allow your need to push you further than God wants to go. Are you with me? In the Old Testament, armor bearing was priority number one. In the New Testament, armor bearing was priority number four. In the Old Testament, armor bearing was priority number one. David was to be at the beck and call of Saul. Whenever Saul had need of David, David was to be there. For Saul. The Old Testament armor bearer was to assist in the physical battle. <laughs> so the armor bearer in the Old Covenant was a warrior. <laughs> Knew how to fight. In the New Covenant, 
the armor bearer is to assist with spiritual battles. Still got to know how to fight. There's nothing like someone who says they are called to serve you. But when you look for them to be in the fight, you can't even find them. <laughs> Pastor, what you mean look for them to be in the fight? Well, when you have 21 days of prayer, they can't even make it to four. It's hard to get up in the morning and go to prayer. It's hard for everybody. But you can't say you are going to serve alongside and then when it's time to be engaged in the fight, you can't be found. When things get chaotic, why do you run instead of showing up as support? How come when things go chaotic, you all of a sudden start asking questions? Maybe I should leave. You teaching well tonight, Pastor. That person you thought was supportive of you, but then all hell start breaking out around you, and you calling them, and they won't even answer. You leave in voicemail after voicemail, and they still hadn't returned your call. But I thought they were my support. I'm in a spiritual battle, and I can't find you. Why does it feel like I am walking this out by myself? But yet, he didn't call us to walk this life alone. Now, it's different if you are trying to be supportive of the individual and they won't let you in. That's different. You've made yourself available. They're just not receiving you. And even in situations like that, when you are reaching out for them and they are keeping you away, you better anticipate and expect that they will in turn blame you for not being there. And you got to be mature enough to handle them blaming you because it's not about the blame. It's about what they need. If blaming, if you blaming me makes you feel better and it's going to help you get to where you need to be, blame me. Because I'm mature enough to handle it that it's not going to move me away from what I'm supposed to do with you. But when you are immature, when an individual begins to blame you, you'll start defending yourself. And you'll start telling, I called you four or five times and you didn't pick up. That's not needed. That's not necessary. It's not about being right or being wrong. Can you serve them? In spite of. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, can you support me in spite of me? Woo! Come on. 
how many of you how many of you need everybody around when things are all good? But how many of you need a few people around when things are not so good? In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the armor bearer was to support the king. In the New Testament, the armor bearer supports the fivefold ministry gifts and those who lead areas of ministry. Armor bearer. Armor bearer. Glory to God. Thank you, sir. In the Old Testament, the armor bearer was to support the king. In the New Testament, the armor bearer supports the fivefold ministry gifts and those who lead areas of ministry that have been appointed by the fivefold ministry gifts. Mm. See, some people are in church. And they want to just serve the pastors. Real talk. Can we have real talk? Can we have real talk? This is, this is grown-up class, right? So real talk. Praise God. Siri talkative tonight, boy. She got a lot to say. He got a lot to talk about. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I can't speak for the woman of God. I'm gonna speak for me. But when someone wants to serve me, I like to see how they serve others first. When someone wants to serve the woman of God, I like to see how they serve others first. We have a pretty good idea of how you're going to show up for us. But if you can't show up for everybody else that way, it may give me the wrong feel that you're just trying to be seen with the... Which then sends the wrong message. Because that's not what we're about. Mm. There's some similarities. I got a minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> I do. I have a minute and 30 seconds. There's some similarities, though, with the Old Testament and New Testament armor bearers. Let me give you those. Number one. They were humble and loyal servants to their leaders. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <clears throat> if you are a partner of IFWC, you got to be loyal here. I think that's fair. Number two, their passion or desire was to advance their leader's cause. 
their passion or desire was to advance their leader's cause. Number three, they strive to keep godly priorities. They strive to keep godly priorities. Ooh, this is a big one. Come on, 20 seconds. Number four, they resisted knowing their leader after the flesh. They resisted knowing their leader after the flesh. Number five, they knew how to pray and intercede for their leader. Come on, one second. Number six, they did not view their position as a stepping stone but a calling. They did not view their position as a stepping stone but a calling. We out of time. The last one, they did not view their position as a stepping stone, but a calling. Can we go, go ahead and receive our evening offering, guys? Can we receive our evening offering?